You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Pride of Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all natural black Angus beef and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. Go to RighteousFelon.com and use the promo code POD15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. That's promo code POD15 at RighteousFelon.com. And welcome back to the Midweek Mailbag. We are back after taking a week off. Uh, and and doing some written mailbag for uh, the people over on the website. If you don't know, guys, we're also a website, prideofdetroit.com. <laughs> uh, but we are back in audio form answering your questions live here on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit or on any of your podcasting platforms. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the, uh, I'm also a managing editor. Let's just, you know what? Let's introduce a managing editor first. Who cares who I am? He's the managing <laughs> editor of Pride of Detroit. You can find him at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. It's Eric Schlitt. How are we doing, bud? Hey, buddy. You know, it's been almost two years. <laughs> Since I've been editor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I come, we're coming up right right after the Super Bowl will be the two-year <laughs> anniversary. And uh, eventually, I feel like we'll get our rules established. Uh, 760, you know, or nah, whatever it is. This 720 is plus days. It, it, it takes a long I think our, our audience knows this by now. Anytime there's a name change of any sort, it's same thing with the Spotify <laughs> lives and the green rooms and all that sort of stuff. It takes me a little bit longer than the normal person. But by the way, my name is Jeremy Risman. I am the producer over at Pride of Detroit. There you go. We are your co host for the midweek mailbag where we answer your questions uh, about anything. Uh, hopefully, Lions related. Um, those are usually the ones that we take, but you know, maybe, maybe a fun one every now and then will slip in. But uh, it is Senior Bowl week. Eric, uh, yeah, which means you have to drag me kicking, kicking and screaming to talk a little bit about the draft, <laughs> which we will get into. Uh, but first thing I want to talk about is Steve Hyden, uh, the the Lions tight end, yeah. new tight ends coach, as reported by ESPN, not official or anything yet. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit on the main POD cast, but I want your thoughts, as does Red Ruckus on, on Twitter, wants your thoughts on the, the hire and also what that means for Tanner Engstrand. Yeah, I think it's a good hire when you look at his collective resume, 10 years coaching, um, 11 years in the league. Uh, even when you go back to his playing days, it he was only like three years into the league or something, and people were already talking about him being like a locker room leader, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a player who understood 
how to break down defenses properly. And like he so he already had a lot of those accolades really early on in his career. Um, he's a blocking tight end is kind of what he got, you know, labeled as he was never that, that pass catcher. And, and, and so there's a lot of, there's a wealth of information that he brings with him uh, to the position that could, you know, I ideally uh, take the position up a level, right. Um, Tanner Engstrom, who was the tight ends coach or, you know, we'll see where he, what, where he ends up, but um, he was a, uh, college quarterback. He was a, uh, he had experience coaching uh, offense, special teams, quarterbacks uh, in the past. Tight ends was never really his forte, but in a way he's kind of like he, he's getting that exposure like Ben Johnson did. Ben Johnson was a quarterback in, in college and he ended up coaching tight ends before he got his promotion to offensive coordinator. And, and the, the pair uh, have a, a commonality in their coaching career as well, which is that they were also passing game coordinators in, in addition to being position coaches. And I think that speaks to their like overall arcing, like uh, perspective of the offense. But as far as Hayden, I, I, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to fit in very well. He's going to, he's going to have the same ideology and philosophy of how the position should operate compared to what Dan Campbell wants. And, uh, you know, I think it's, they've gone to this, you have to be a good blocker if you're going to be a tight end in this offense. And, and, and I think he fits that, that mold very well. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with, with Tanner. Um, yeah. from what I gather, they're not going to, he's not, it's not like he's moving on. Uh, they're right. going to have some other type of allocated role for him and what that is. I think it, it's, it's to be determined, but as we've seen with this coaching staff, as we've seen with this front office, um, they're not afraid to just reinvent new positions to keep good people around. Yeah, they're they're all about kind of reorgs, like changing yeah. the, the power dynamic. They, they did it with the front office, obviously, with, with Chris yeah. Spielman and things like that. But yeah, I'm with you. And and the, the one thing that I'll only add is that th- this feels like a, okay, we have to operate right now under the assumption that Ben Johnson is probably here for one more year. So let's <laughs> maybe expedite the process on maybe get Tanner, Tanner ready. That's That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I mean, because Tanner, you know, he's only been a position coach for a year, but so he's he's a little bit behind the the curve in this kind of Ben Johnson arc, right? Yeah. But um, he's been coaching for a while. He got hired by Jim Harbaugh. He got rehired by Jim, then stayed at San Diego, then got rehired by Jim Harbaugh at right. Michigan. Like Harbaugh is a facilitator of coaches going to a different location. And that's essentially what he did with Tanner. Right. And, and he tends to bring coaches on then that he then just, you know, pushes into new environments. And, and Tanner is a guy that was identified, I mean, a decade ago. And while he spent most of the, his coaching time in college, um, the, the 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 behind the scenes chatter you hear about him is all very very positive and that he uh is a guy that seems to be headed uh in in the right direction quickly all right we're gonna stick with the tight end group here uh between the numbers on twitter asks what's the best case to be made for drafting a tight end with one of the line's first four picks seems to be a top heavy group in this year's class uh, especially looking at Eric Schlitt's new draft board, by the way, available on Patreon. <laughs> uh, I have a gut feeling that one of them will be a Lions to be developed by uh, the new tight ends coach. So uh, 
couple a couple things to tackle here because I think last time we were live here, we were talking about how tight end might be the lowest valued yeah. uh mm-hmm. by this organization right now. Mm-hmm. But I I think there's something to be said here about tight end being in play in, in either the sure. first or second round with those top four picks because of what the roster looks like. And because, I mean, the, the one thing that, that we did mention is that, that Ryan actually mentioned, I think on, on one of our podcasts was like the way that Campbell talked about, um, or that, that Sean Payton actually talked about cook, right. How he was like the, the window to their offense and how, if you yeah. have someone that is kind of that transformative player that, that can play so many different roles, that that's something brand new for your offense, a new toy to work with. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on on tight end as a as a day round one or round two pick? I I, I don't I can't buy it in round one. Okay. Uh, it's too rich for me, especially considering some of the holes. There are going to be tight ends that go in the first round, maybe multiple. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but there's a there's a high collection of, of really good tight ends, maybe six or so that could go in the top fifty, right? Maybe more. Um, and so really the advantage of going after one of these types of tight ends is that you're going to be getting a, not just a, a, a tight end that can catch the ball, but a tight end that can also block like a lot of the five of the six on my board are all guys that are balanced tight ends. Like they can, they can do a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, so if you are going to spend I would expect them to spend on one of those tight end Y balanced type guys. Um, at the same time, I could also see them just investing in a inline only type tight end as well on, on like day three, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, because with the blocking being the priority that it is, both uh Brock Wright and Zilstra have shown that they can catch the ball. Uh you know, and, and, and for what they try and do with their tight end, I don't know if you need necessarily the guy who's going to stretch the seam like, like they had with Hawkinson. Right. right. Um, if they, if they did, like, I don't know if they would have invested as much into their outside guys into their, into their receiving position. So I don't, I, I do think a balanced guy, there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, and this class has some of those, like I said, guys at the top, it's just a matter of, you know, how big of a priority is it going to be? It's hard to tell. We need to kind of see like how they hash out, where they go. Uh, but there are, like I said, five of my top six are all these kind of balanced guys that can play in line, that can play, they can step out and, and right. do it all. Yeah. And it's interesting because that's, that's essentially what's all over the roster right now, right? It's just those balanced yeah. guys. It's just... They're not they're not great at either, right? They're not they're not a great receiver, so they're not great blockers. And and they are still young in their career. And tight end is one of those positions that, that does take some time at the NFL level because it's a whole mm-hmm. different level of competition and, and offenses are more complicated. Um so it, it's hard to know really what they feel their tight end room is like right now, where they where they stand on their tight ends. They they, they right. talk highly of them, but they talk highly of everybody and and it, it's just hard to know. It, it doesn't seem like they've invested in much, but maybe they're happy with what they got with their small investment. And so I, I, I'd i like to see an upgrade at the position. I, I think some you could put some of the, the running game woes on the tight end position towards the end of the last season. Um, but at the same time, maybe they just want to see their young guys get better. Yeah. It, and, it, you know, we 
when you look at like using a day two pick or even let's just say top top four pick, yeah. If you if you're using one of those guys on offense, it has to be a very clear and decisive upgrade. Right. Right. Yep. Like it has to be. And so there's an opportunity for that at the tight end position, right? Like running back is going to be a priority uh, going into this offseason. We everybody thinks they're going to add a running back. Like, could if they're going to add a running back on day two? Is again, it's going to have to be a guy that is a considerable upgrade for now and, and, and the future. And so that's going to it's going to limit them. It's not like that at tight end. At tight end, there's there's a there's a bigger body or bigger pool of bodies that they can choose from. All right, going from one of the least sexy positions to the sexiest, the spiciest, and and I, we're gonna get we're gonna get dirty here a little bit, Eric. Uh, from Eric <laughs> Emmons, uh, thoughts on Hendon Hooker siding with Ray Agnew? Uh, Hendon Hook Hendon Hooker to clarify, could he be the kind of developmental guy that Holmes might be interested? So, little background on this before, and if you don't know, uh, our, our good buddy uh, Sandman Lions, uh, part of the DLP crew over there, is down at the Senior Bowl and, and snapped a picture of. Uh, Ray Agnew talking with Hendon Hooker down at the Senior Bowl this week. Uh, let, let's start there. Are, do you make anything of that? Like a, a little bit of an extra on-field meeting? I know everyone meets with everyone, right? Yeah, um, yeah, certainly. Like, is, is that is that is is that all you're taking from this? No, I look this this regime has shown that they are going to turn over every rock for every single quarterback prospect. Sure. Like they want to know the value of every single quarterback. And uh, that's why they, they send them to pro days and uh, they send Scott to pro days. They go to their, they go to pro days themselves. Like they want to know what the value is of the quarterbacks. It helps them understand um, how they would fit with their team and understands, uh, helps them understand trade value. There's a whole, like they do their homework on quarterback probably as much as any team or maybe even more than any team. Right. So, um, so no, I don't, I don't put too much weight into it at the same time. I do think hooker has some advantages or, or, you know, skills that, that could lend itself to the lions uh, being a nice fit. Uh, he does have a couple of things to overcome, one is the ACL injury, which happened uh, in like November or something, right? Like it yeah. just happened. Right. Um, and then you have, uh, and then you have old. the fact that he's he's a lot older. Yep. yep. And the scheme he comes from is is very easy for quarterbacks to read. There's not a lot of progression that goes into it. It's just here's the play, here's the arc, and then and make it happen. Now at the same time. He's got arm talent. He's got the ability to run. He has uh, he has the ability to process uh, like the uh, you know the he had he with multiple different offenses in his college career, so he understands how to adapt to the different ones and and so there's a lot of things to like about him, but there's also like a lot of big flaws. And so for that, I I can see him getting pushed down draft boards. Yeah. One, he might not even play. You know what I mean? Like you don't know when he's going to play like at all. So like if the lions had a fourth round pick, I'd say, Hey, he could be like their fourth round target. Um, I don't know if they would necessarily take him into third, especially not knowing if he's even going to be available. Now I know he said he's going to be available for training camp and stuff like that, but I think that's, a, that's a player selling so, himself right. as so, well. So did JMO, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I, I look, I like, I like Hendon. Um, but at the same time, 
I think his value is on day three, considering all the obstacles that are in his way. And while he has, you know, he could be quarterback two by the time the season comes around, he, he, you could draft him and he might not play at all. Right. So um, I think there's some caution that's going to drive his price down. Yeah. And I I think a lot of people look at that situation and say, well, that's kind of perfect for the Lions, right? You got, you got Jared Goff for two years get Hendon Hooker in here and let him rest like you did with JMO. Like this, this year is not sure. urgent for him. It was maybe a little bit more urgent for, for JMO, but not, not really. Um, and, and, and listen, I, I know people are going to get frustrated with us talking about quarterbacks, 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 but at the very least, the Lions need to be thinking a couple of years ahead right now because Jared Goff yeah. is on an expiring contract after next year, after 2024. And then you're mm-hmm. in an interesting spot there because you don't want to kind of be in that quarterback purgatory where you have a a quarterback that ranks eight through twelve or so, and give him and pay him like a one through five quarterback because that is not that is a proven way to not win. Um, maybe Jared Goff proves that he's better that that he's in the top five, but if he doesn't, if he's kind of in that like second to third tier of quarterbacks, you have a very difficult decision on your hands coming in the future. And it'd be nice to at least have someone that you could know could at least step in. Because now, now that the Lions are, I mean, the other facet of this is now that the Lions are competitive, now that the Lions are going to be gunning for a division and playoff wins next year, you do have to get your backup quarterback situation settled. And it might, Hendon Hooker might not be that guy because of the injury. And yeah. if you draft Hendon Hooker, you're definitely getting someone else. You're getting a veteran probably that can step in week one if, if something happens to Jared Goff. Um, yeah, I mean, look at look at the fact that on uh, Championship Sunday we wrote an article that said seven line backups that took snaps right. in the league this year. Right. Like that shows you like the 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 revolving door at backup. Like they need some stability there, yeah. and so the quarterback talk. I think even if you're not talking about quarterback one, you the, the quarterback reserve talk has to be. Uh, part of the conversation this offseason. Yeah. And to be clear, like I was fine with them not investing in backup quarterback the last two years. I'm fine with yeah. what they did. And yeah, they mm-hmm. lucked out a little bit because golf was healthy almost the entirety of, of both years, but they were just at a point where they didn't need to invest in it. And now they do. All right. Let's stick with some front office talk here. Uh, Namrug on Twitter asks uh, Spatuki, by the way, uh, do you see foresee any changes in the front office structure? We were just talking about some structural changes. Uh, any additions, departures from the likes of Agnew, Dorsey, Spielman? Not sure that it matters, but a lot of focus on player movement this offseason. But front office changes can be just as impactful. Now, these things are obviously pretty hard to predict, Eric. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I, I, I'm not asking if you – do you think it's possible, I guess, that, that some of these guys get, get tabbed this year? Well, are there are there GM jobs even open? They're not anymore. anymore. I thought Actually, they were all there, full. There were only yeah. two, I believe, changes yeah. in this offseason with GM, and both those hires have been made. Right, and, and and I don't even think Agnew's name got floated there. Behind the scenes, it did that. It's like okay, be careful. Uh, you know, you, you heard the whispers on the wind saying, okay, Agnew could start getting interviews. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he ended up got getting any, at least that we were aware of. So. Um, I don't think Agnew is necessarily going anywhere. I mean, you um, lost to Dave Sears I, too. I think that probably obviously needs to be. That's a big one. That that was uh, a pretty big one. Yeah, uh, I mean, like the way that the the way that Holmes's front office is set up is he's got like six guys 
that he like kind of leans on, yeah. which is, which is a couple more than like traditional. Sure. And so he could afford to kind of lose one. And then he had the coverage and, and especially with it, their front office works is that it's not like each guy is slotted. There's crossover in, in, yeah. in between the jobs as well. So um, it's easy for them to be able to adjust to the, um, a loss like that where you can just say, Hey, we need somebody to like with the coaching staff, you lose Aubrey Pleasant, you, you, you fill the job with kind of two guys, right. With Glenn and Duker. Right. And so there, the, there's going to be a lot of that with the front office uh, this year. It's okay. We're going to fill this role with this guy and this guy and this guy. And then it's going to, Oh, they're going to kind of oversee things as we go. But you know, at the same time, they've done like, they're like, they're, while we're just getting started on our draft stuff, they're like 95% of the way right. done, right? Like right. Uh, the combine, the pro days, those are all just cross checks for stuff that they already know. Yep. Um. So does that mean, could that mean another person departs after that? I don't know. The right. Dorsey rumors are always going to be there. Um, and, um, you know, I don't think Spielman's going anywhere or anything like that. Like those were the three guys that he mentioned, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I I do think there will be some like alterations because there tends to be all the time, but there doesn't necessarily have to doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good or a bad thing, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna happen uh until maybe June, right? Yeah. Like we well, might yeah, see that was the point I was going to touch on is, is a yeah. lot of times these things don't happen until after the draft because yeah. they want everyone in place that, that did all the research from, you know, from September to, to December around for the draft and then they make some changes. So I wouldn't expect any, any more changes before the draft because most of those GM spots are already taken up and, and, you know, their, their second in commands are already taken care of. And, and a lot of times when a new GM takes over, they don't, they don't disrupt their personnel department really for the first year. I think we saw that with with several new GMs. Is that they want the yeah. guys to stick around just to the just so that the new GMs can kind of sit in there, see how things operate for a full year, and then see what he wants to change. Yeah, they evaluate. They get evaluated. They um, and then that's when they get let go, and then that's when they go try and bring guys back in right. that they've uh, have a history with. Yep. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, more of your Lions questions, more draft talk, more Senior Bowl talk. Maybe a little bit of free agency talk in there as well. So stick around here on the Midweek Mailbag. We will be right back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back on the midweek mailbag, senior bowl week, all sorts of fun things happening. Let's stick here with some draft talk. Uh, Devon Witherspoon, maybe one of the bigger names. Uh, well, he he was supposed to be down at the at the senior bowl, but I believe he was one of the few that backed out, right? Correct. Um, but Correct. I, I think he started reading mock drafts. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm someone. Someone really hit the hype machine on him like a week before the senior bowl. I was like, oh, I don't need to go. We're good. Um, but speaking of, uh, cornerback is obviously one of the bigger needs for the Lions and one of the, the the bigger mocked two positions, both at six and 18. So Jason Krolik asks, who's the better fit for the Lions defense, Devon Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez? Witherspoon. Um, in my mind, it's not close. Uh, but... Gonzalez is going to be the guy that's going him and him and Porter are going to be the guys that are like these, these long prototype corners, right? They can run, they can do press man. Um, They're going to be very athletic. Uh, They're going to be the guys that you would take in the top five in in most drafts. You know what I mean? Like they're going to have all those skills. Uh, They're probably both going to go in the top 20 when it's all said and done. Uh, But Witherspoon is the one who fits the scheme fits the personality for fits the culture, yeah. all of that. Right. Uh, and, and so, yes, Witherspoon is uh, he's not six two. He's only about only going to be about six foot. He's not two ten or two five. Like the other guys are, he's only going to be in like the, like one eighty five, one ninety range. Um, but he drives with aggression he plays downhill. He plays against the run. He's fearless in coverage. He, he's excellent impressed man. He hits like a truck and he's, he, he, he doesn't just hit you, but he like hits you and wants you to know that he hits you. Um, he's, he's, he takes things personally. He, he has a, a, an absolute love for the game and there's everything that he does fits the the mold of what the Lions are are going to be looking for, and he's going to remind Aaron Glenn of Aaron Glenn, <laughs> and so and so yes, yeah, so Witherspoon is the one who fits the yeah. the scheme, the talent, the culture, uh, better than probably any corner in this class. I can't disagree with you on most of that. the the only The only thing I'll say is like. 100% culture fit like that. Like there, yeah. there might not be a guy in the draft that, that better fits what they're looking for in general uh, than Devon Winters Witherspoon there. The size is going to matter though. And yeah, the lions, I mean, they, they need better coverage guys. And I'm not saying one of these guys are better in coverage than the other, but when you have someone that is only a buck 83 or whatever Devon Witherspoon is, is currently measured mm-hmm. in can get bullied. He can get bullied by bigger receivers and he's going to be going up against bigger. I mean, mm-hmm. look, look in the division. There, there are a lot of big bullying receivers in, in this division. And so that, I mean, that has to be at least a, a mild concern, not to say he isn't going to scrap with these guys. He's, he's definitely going to scrap with them and he's going to put up uh, a heck of a fight, 
and 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 I know he loves press, right? Like that's he, mm-hmm. he lives off that. But there is a physical limitation. Now, if you look at some of the guys Alliance have drafted, we've we've said that about some of the other guys that they've drafted. They've got physical limitations. Malcolm Rodriguez is too small. Yeah, uh, uh, Hutchinson, his arms are too short. <laughs> right and and they and those are the kind of guys and maybe that's who devon witherspoon is it was like he's going to overcome his physical limitations because he is that kind of tenacious football player that he is and and maybe that's enough for the lions but mm-hmm. it, it, it's something that that i that they're they're going to at least consider with some of these other guys yeah and i think it could cause him to slide a little bit um you know i, I comped him to uh Jair Alexander, which is um he's 5'10. Alexander's 5'10, 195, right? Really? Like, yeah, he he is this, he was a guy that similar things were said about him, which is why he slid to 18, yeah, where the Packers drafted him. Mm-hmm. Uh interesting that lines pick 18. Uh, but um I do think Alexander is a guy who he just <laughs> When you watch the style of game, and, and, and this is the hard, this is the hard thing about with this regime, right? Like with previous regimes, you could look at a guy, you could look at the skill sets, you could look at the athleticism, and you could say, "This is the type of guy that they're going to like. They're going to want this talent that they're right. going to mold to what they can do." It's so hard with this regime because this is regime spent so much time looking at like film and game film and, and investing in that. And then they use the athletic component as like, as like a bonus, like is just like to kind of push them in love with the guy. Right. This is what Alexander is going to have. Alexander is going to have everything that they want from a field player perspective, but maybe he might have a couple of question marks in the athletic department. And then are they willing to overlook those? Because, you know, like, like when Aaron Glenn talked about Hutchinson's arm length, he was he, at one point he was like, "Does it really matter? We're talking about like this little tiny right. bit." Yeah. And 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 as I always like to point out, you can't just solely go on measurables because there are ways that you manipulate those measurables in the way you play the game. Right. right? Yep. Just because a guy 100%. runs, just because um, just because a guy runs a uh, what four, you know, six. 40 right let's you know there's this guy in the draft he runs a four five nine and you look at him and you're like geez he's only he's under six feet he's under 200 pounds he runs a four five nine he's he's got pretty good routes that he runs but there's nothing special about him athletically he's about a seven and raz you know uh, <laughs> i think i know the rest is going okay. Yeah, that's Amon Ra. Yeah. Right. Like that's that's Amon Ra right there. Right. And so, like, it's this staff is going to say, hey, if you can do the things we like on tape and then you give, you put yourself in that 90th percentile, 80th percentile, then, then, then great. You're, that's, that's, that's going to make us enticing for you more. But like Hutchinson overcomes his, his, you know, lack of length on the arm because he leans or because right. his shoulders are a little bit longer because of the way he angles his aggression. Amon Ra overcomes the, the, the four five, nine 40 speed because he does everything else to precision. And he picks yeah. the speed up that way. Right. Doesn't waste a step. Like, right. There are so many guys that are like these four, three guys that aren't going to be as skilled or as fast as Amon Ra because they there's wasted motion. 
And there's things like that because you just don't you don't play football on the straight line, right? And so, yes, the athletic skills are great, and they and they can be priorities, you know, as when you're as double checks. But the athletic the athletic part isn't going to drive the lines to put to rank a guy higher than what the film says. And to me, the film says. Witherspoon is probably CB1 for them. And it's interesting. I don't disagree with anything you said there, but it's interesting because even saying everything you said, which is absolutely all true, the Lions are still drafting extremely athletic guys. Their draft class under Brad oh, crazy. has been top yeah. and Raz, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Like the way that he finds that marriage yeah. is really unique. Yeah. Because like, I mean, look, just go to the edge guys, right? I'm going to pull up. Hutchinson's Raz was nine eight eight, Pascal's was nine seven, James Houston's was seven point nine three. Right, like they're, they're all they're in that upper echelon. They're not ignoring athleticism mm. by any means, but it's those it's right. those little nitpicky things that get you know magnified this time of year where we're all obsessing over Kenny Pickett's hand size a, a year ago. Those are the things that I don't think bother the Lions and might bother mm. other teams a little bit more than than they would in Detroit. Here's something that you might find interesting. John Kaminsky's Raz, 9.42. If you add Romeo and Charles Harris, they they almost catch him. Interesting. Love them some athletic guys. Uh, Let's stay at the cornerback position here. Uh, I I wrote about this guy today, actually, Will Harris, because we're we're Mm. doing the free agent profile series over on Pride Detroit. We're going to talk about um, yeah. Uh, interesting question here. And I, I'm almost using this question just to shout out one of our Twitter followers showing that he is he or she, I, I shouldn't assume here, uh, smarter than maybe I am because I had completely forgot about this stipulation. And I think it was you, Eric, that kind of introduced most people to it last year. Um, but they ask, is it a no brainer to bring Will Harris back with the new CBA rule they used on Miles <laughs> Killebrew and Jalen Reeves Maben a few years ago? He can be pretty cheap with that new rule and cover different positions. And is he the only line eligible to use that homegrown cap rule or whatever it's called on? Yeah. Do you want to quickly as quickly as you, I don't know how quickly you can explain. Essentially, essentially, what it means is if you've been with the team for four years yeah. and your contract expires, you become eligible for a home hometown discount where the player can get paid more money than the team's cap hit. Yes. And it's typically assigned to players like Reeves Maben right? Where he's a core guy who is an important part of special teams, but you, you're bringing him back to maybe give him a shot to do a little bit, a little bit more. Right. Um, so uh, if we try and look at the list real fast, Will Harris Amani would be uh, qual- would be eligible for that. I don't think, I think Will would probably get the nod there. And yeah. you only get one of these, I believe as well. I, you can't apply right. it to, to multiple. And while while you're looking, the, the difference is, is actually kind of significant. Um, I think last time they used it for, uh, for Jalen Reeves, maybe and he got like a $2.1 million contract, all guaranteed that cost yeah. just over $1 million. Just over again. one. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Austin Bryant is the, uh, the only other one. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's Will Harris, Amani, or Austin Bryant. So you would think Will Harris would be the guy that they would try and utilize this on. 
Uh, the question would be, would Will Harris yeah. want to take right. a $2 million contract? Like that, I think, is would be the harder sell. I think you could definitely get Austin Bryant to be like, yes, please. Right. You know what I mean? But, um, Austin Bryant would jump on that. <laughs> um, but... I don't think I don't think Amadi is long for the roster, and 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 I don't know if that's a, a big enough number for Will to 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 commit to staying to. So, it's I, it's a it's a great idea. Uh, it's a very smart thought. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he'd go for that, but it it would be super helpful. That's for sure. All right, we're going to stick with free agency here from our Twitch chat here is how little do you think DJ Chark would return, except a return to Detroit? Um, he also wants to know the same thing about John Kaminsky, but I think Chark is kind of the int- more interesting one to to talk yeah. about and project because he got the one-year $10 million deal. We, we split that between two years. He's, he's still going to cost $6 million against the cap this year, whether he's on the team or not. Um, yeah. I'm I'm kind of interested in what you think your the the value is for for a guy like DJ Chark because you know we we saw a couple top fifty free agent lists drop this week and I think it was it was either ESPN or PFF had him like in the mid thirties. No one else from the lines made either list. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what his value is because he is a guy that that can be a big play machine and he started to show it towards the end of last year, but. He's also three, four years removed from that Pro Bowl season and hasn't even come close to matching that kind of impact since. Yeah, Spot Track does their market value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they and they list him at nine five is what nine and a half a million a year, which um, is right around what he got. Right, right. Real, real, real close. Um, <clears throat> but I think the injury history is really going to drag him down. I think because so. it's two seasons in a row that have cost him Same you know injury. he missed what half the season yeah yeah missed half season this year roughly missed uh almost the entire season the year before that's going to go a long way um i don't see him wanting to take like less than probably like eight but i also don't know if the lions would want to pay eight you know what i mean right especially knowing that they're holding on to six. They don't, they'd have to do the same thing. Right. They'd have to be like, we'll give you eight, pay you three, push five into the future type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, if you do that, you're still paying him nine, nine, this yeah. and then, you know, and, and, seven and then, and then he probably doesn't want, he probably wants a little bit more long-term stability. Yeah. Uh, which I, again, I don't know if you're going to get with that, uh, with the ankle. Um, so, I think his value is probably lower, like a lot lower than what he's going to get and what he's going to want. And I think that really becomes the crux. Like he is probably worth closer to six and that's with him. Uh, But he's probably going to want eight to 10. And like there's working, also working against him is, decent free agent market really deep free agent yeah uh, draft class again and like but pe- teams are going to look at like a guy like uh who i just wrote about Mikol hardman mm-hmm. and th- who also has an injury history but has this like explosive nature to him and they're going to say hey if i'm going to give money to an injured guy which one of these guys am i going to choose and which one do i think is a little bit more valuable and and so it's it's going to be it's I don't know it's it's hard to tell it it's really is but I, I do think there's probably a gap between what his value is and what he thinks his value is and and where he ends up landing right 
Yeah, something like two two years for thirteen. Maybe maybe that's a a relative like middle ground there. Although if you're the Lions, you probably want to kick a lot that to next year and also make it not so guaranteed, so that you could make maybe even cut him next year. Well, you know what you're going to do is you're going to you know what you're going to do is if you offer him any deal that's beyond one year, you're offering. Uh, game bonuses, which yeah. means like that's yeah. a big part of what your deal is. If yep. you're if you're active, you get this. If you're not, you don't. Um, that'll reduce the money this year yep. because how much the of a cap hit is that he they would take this year is based on how many games he played last year. So he would they would get a discounted rate now. Which yep. So that that would be my guess is that there's some sort of cap incentive based on games and. Um, they could lower the cap at number that way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one that one, I don't man. have a great feeling on. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Who's, who's scheduled to write that one. I hope it's not me. I don't want to write that gosh. one. I don't know. It's not me. <laughs> uh, let, let's talk a little bit about Kaminsky too, because he's shark has, has expressed a desire to be back, but Kaminsky has essentially begged everyone that will listen to him <laughs> to come back. Yeah. And so, I, I'm not sure what sort of market value he would be, but I feel like the Lions have a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, the benefit in this negotiating room here because he yeah because so much. yeah and he was just I mean look he was keep in mind he was just released from Atlanta um, yeah. the year prior and like so thinking that he's going to earn like Charles Harris type money, I think is not no. realistic. I don't think he's going to be in that range. Um, <laughs> five, five a year. I don't, I, you could probably go with four yeah. uh, is my guess, especially the way he, I mean, look, I don't think we talk enough about John Kaminsky as it is. So. <laughs> um, but uh is anyone catching on to that inside joke? I feel like it's just a Pride of Detroit thing, like in, in a slack room. <laughs> um but i look i think if they went at him and said hey we'll offer you you know two years nine or one year four or something like that and see what you can do i think he'd take that Mm -hmm. um especially considering he was like he was almost unemployed and he made the the minimum last year right the only thing working against you though is he he know like he's seen the report that there were eight teams that put in a claim for him. Like, sure, and I, sure. I know, I know Whoever wrote already, that article. <laughs> didn't put it out there. Now he knows he has value elsewhere. So, I mean, if he, if he is thinking about his finances, right. There's going to be a market for him. Yeah. Right. But the, the, the thing, the doubt, you know, the flip side is that the type of DN that he is, he's not going to fit every scheme. He's sure. not your open end burner. Yep. And, and, and if you look at this draft class, there's not a lot of open end burners either. There's a yeah. lot of guys like him in yeah. this draft class. Mm-hmm. And so he's got to look at, he's going to have to look at that. He's going to have to look at the fact that yes, he generates pressures, but he doesn't always get sacks and, and that's going to devalue him a little bit, but for this scheme, he fits and yeah. he loves it here. So, and he's been through the ringer before, like he's been with a regime yeah. that doesn't fit him. And so I think, yeah. I think that part of the reason why he loves it here so much is that he fits and he knows he's desired and, and, and he knows what it's like to be a misfit in in a defense that doesn't fit him. And so to have that kind of security, that, that knowledge of, of I'm going to fit here and, and thrive here probably, probably 
probably going to give a discount here and, and 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 maybe maybe to his own detriment but maybe not like maybe it's to his own benefit in the long term because yeah. if he does have a really productive year then he cashes in next year or whatever yeah, it's the ben johnson rule right <laughs> it is exactly <laughs> um all right last one we'll talk about while we're here still talking about free agency uh anzalone is an interesting one because mm. um you know they obviously brought him back last year in a one-year deal i i get the sense and there was there was this kind of his exit interview that I I believe is up on DetroitLions.com or or their YouTube page. There was a point where, and and I think, you know, I think he likes it here. I'm not trying to say he doesn't like it here, but there was a point where he said something to the effect of, I need to be able to take care of my family. And that, that tells me where his priorities is. And I'm not going to judge anyone by the way, but it tells me that his priorities are to get paid this off season. Yeah. And listen, I have no idea what the market is going to be on Alex Anzalone. I have no idea. I do mm-hmm. know that one of his former coach, coaches just got a job, which which could factor into in, things. In Denver. In Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, that coach also benched him, by the way. <laughs> also true. Um, but I, I, I think... I think he's going to look to secure the bag. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to return. It doesn't mean that he's not going to return. Because I think... Yeah. We we all know this coaching staff loves him, and yeah. and listen, they don't have a lot of veterans in that linebacker room, and so to have someone that that can lead that room, that can still guide their two very very young guys who who might eventually be the starters, if not already, are there. He's got value to this team, a lot of value to this team. Um, I just don't know, I don't know where that number lies. I don't know what the Lions think that number lies, and I don't know where Alex thinks that number lies. But. Uh, mm. But it's it's it, I'm he's the one I'm less sure about on ever like maybe the Lions want to turn the corner. Maybe they feel like they got enough out of that mentorship that now it's time to to give full reins to their young guys. Working in his favor is the draft class is not really great at the mic. Yeah. Working against him, free agency class is loaded at the mic. And so that's not going to help him. And if I'm the Lions, I might just be like, Go see, go see see what your market value is. Yeah. And then come back because like, it's a good thing that the front office and coaching staff are not the same because this coaching staff would give him a five-year contract. (laughs) It would. This front office is going to be like, hold on, hold on. Relax. (laughs) This is, let's, let's see what he thinks his value is and let's see what his actual value is. Right. And and so it's a good juxtaposition to have. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have, I think they can let him go test the market and, yeah. and see a wave or two of free agency pass by and, and see that now it's only one year deals on, on the table and he'll check out what the lines are offering him at that point then. All right. Well, we're going to get a lot more of those answers very soon. I mean, free agency only yeah. a month and change around the corner here. And obviously teams are going to start re-signing their own guys fairly soon as well, but we're going to call it uh, a show here on our midweek mailbag. If you ever want to join us live, we do these Wednesdays now during the off season, usually in the afternoon around the 1230 PM Eastern. If you uh, follow us on Twitch, you can get alerts to your phone every time we do go live, or you can just catch us on the podcast feed as any uh, of our podcasts over on Pride of Detroit. Just search Pride of Detroit on whatever podcast feed you want. Be sure to leave us reviews and all that sort of stuff. But until next time, thank you all for listening. It's chaos. Be kind.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.